Hi everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day. No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them. Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts, answer listener-submitted questions, and share our own money experiences. So together, let's make make it it count. count. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making It Count. Today's episode is our third and final episode for our Money Plus Kids mini-series. As a follow-up to our last episode, we'll be discussing how to teach kids over the age of 13 about financial basics. Christina, I read recently that teenage spending hit a two-decade low in 2020, Mm. probably as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But to me, this kind of shows that teenagers are conscious about money and finances. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it makes sense. I bet a lot of teens are probably out of work or maybe getting less hours at the current job that they have due to the pandemic. But what did you worry about when you were a teenager about money? For me, I wanted to get a job as soon as possible because I wanted to be able to spend my own money (laughs) (laughs) because I felt that I was not getting enough elsewhere. (laughs) So for me, it was very much about consumerism and wonderful principles of just buying things. Does that surprise any of us? No, that doesn't surprise me at all. I actually have a similar, like I wanted to have a job because I wanted to show my parents that I could support myself. Like they gave me a car, like my our old, old car, but I wanted to show them that I could pay for my insurance and I could pay for things on my own. So kind of like to prove to them that I could do it. So that's what I was worried about. That's not surprising at all. <laughs> I'm I'm like over here like, I will take anything for free, but I will also buy things for myself. (laughs) I did not offer to pay for insurance. I didn't offer to pay for my phone. I didn't, I, nothing, nothing. Are are your parents still paying for your cell phone? No. Okay. (laughs) Just making sure you never know. (laughs) Just, you know, a few things here and then I'm kidding. Well, we have two terrific guests today that'll help us understand the best way to teach teens about money. And first up is our returning guest, Karina Rodriguez, who's the youth ambassador for Audition Financial. Karina, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hey there, everyone. So thank you so much for having me on yet again. And as Christina mentioned, my name is Karina Rodriguez, and I'm the youth ambassador at Audition Financial. My main role there as a youth ambassador is providing financial literacy from elementary school to college and even adult levels. I've been with the credit union for going on four years now, and I'm very happy to be back and to be here today. Thanks for being here, Karina. Our second guest is Rod Griffin from Experian, who has also been here with us twice before on this season. Rod, will you please introduce yourself? I'm Rod Griffin. I'm Senior Director of Consumer Education and Advocacy for Experian and spend my days helping people better understand credit reporting and scoring and other personal finance issues. So great to be back and part of the conversation. Christina, we need to ask producer Lauren if we're going to be giving away anything for like, you know, like (laughs) SNL does like the five timer jacket award. (laughs) I wonder if we're going to be like doing anything like that. Rod, you're going to get a green jacket at the end of this. How do you feel about that? Rod, you're going to get a sticker after this. Hey, a sticker works. My golf game's not good enough for a green jacket, so. Hey, I have a sticker. I know. That's the only thing I know that we have. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to get you a sticker. I promise, Rod. I promise. So before we get started in deep diving into our topic, I've got to know, 
what Karina and Rod spent their money on when they were teenagers. So Rod, I'm going to start with you. Okay. So first, when I was 12, I made a deal with my parents that actually I was nine and I lived in the country and I told them I wanted to buy a motorcycle. And they said, if I could save up enough, I could buy a motorcycle when I turned 12, thinking three years, I would forget. I turned 12. I had enough. I bought a motorcycle. No way. So yeah, a little dirt bike and $250. (laughs) But that led to mowing lawns and putting gas in the motorcycle, which led to a car when you get a little older and, uh, and then putting gas in that and being able to get to town and, and cruise around and do all those <laughs> kinds of things. So it was mostly about transportation, apparently. <laughs> oh my God. I can't imagine that your parents slept very well at night with a 12 year old with a motorcycle. Oh, it was a blast. I would, it, when you lived in the country, I was miles from home. And I think my mom was in the summer was like, just go and be back before dark. That was good enough. What about you, Karina? Was it Taco Bell or was it something else? <laughs> you know, it was Taco Bell or Tijuana Flats or Chick-fil-A, somewhere in between there. But pretty much my money or my experiences with money as a teenager was making Money here and there. I babysat a lot during high school. And I also did um, makeup in high school. And I saved as much as I could. And I tried to stretch every single dollar as far as possible. But honestly, sometimes even a football Friday $5 ticket was too much for me to bear. But for sure, it was definitely food, like high school experience, things like that. But once I got my first big girl job when I was 18, I quickly had to reel it back and, you know, learn to manage my money because now I was taking for taking care of some bills for myself, which was a whole new territory. Mm-hmm. That's so true. All right. Well, let's jump right in with something that I think is very important. Karina, how can parents teach teenagers about budgeting? Well, budgeting is super important. I know we can all agree with that, but they should start by explaining that there's two elements of budgeting. There's one thing to budget, create a budget, but it's another thing to stick to it. For example, for me, whenever I first had my first couple of bills, I remember, you know, my car payment, my insurance, my gas, and then my Disney pass, which for me was like astronomical, like so expensive. But I quickly had to understand that in my budget, I also had to include things like entertainment because then I would just overspend whatever was left. So that's super important. But there's also great resources for teenagers and for parents as well to teach their their teens on how to budget. There's budgeting apps like Mint. And also, I do know that most financial institutions on their apps, they'll have kind of like a little budgeting thing where you can see the breakdown of where your money is going. And sometimes I don't like to look at that very much because I'm disappointed in how much money I do spend at Taco Bell. <laughs> but it's super important to budget, but to stick to it as well. It's like the main part. Can you guess which part I'm good at, Christina? The spending part. No, I know I create. I do create a budget. Do you really? Did you have a budget when you were a teenager? You have such little faith in me. I mean, I do. No, I didn't have a budget as a teenager. It was all about like hanging out at the mall, hanging out at Target. Target. Yeah. There was a new Target in our town when I was in high school. Okay, it was cool. I I mean, (laughs) you're talking to me. Of course, I'm excited about Target. I just would have been surprised if you started with a budget as a teenager. Like, I certainly didn't do that either, but I wish I would have. Like, that would have made a big difference. But speaking of bank accounts, because Karina kind of brought that up, I think when you're a teenager, you start really thinking about, like, 
checking accounts and debit cards and what are those things, and especially when you get your first job. So, Rod, what should parents start telling their teenagers about banking? Yeah, and it's you want that cash, right? That's what we always think about. But today, you know, a lot of things are direct deposit. I think you need to understand what a, a checking account is and that used to mean this paper thing that you had to fill out. And it's still a good idea to learn to do that. Occasionally we have to write a check, not very often, but it's a basic skill. I think I learned to do that in sixth grade. That was, and it was a math thing. I didn't realize what I was doing, but learn to fill out a check, know what a check is, but also know how to use your online apps, your banking apps so that you can manage your checking account. Uh, one of the things I I think I didn't realize was that when you have money in that checking account, it can go away and you, it, you need to have money in it to use it. So understanding to how to balance a checking account and make sure you're tracking your spending. And in today's world, you need to be careful about the passwords you use and how you get access. It can be very dangerous if you're using poor passwords, you know, things like admin or this is mine or your mom's maiden name, all not good. Uh, but you want to make sure that you're secure with your account information because you could find that today that bank account could get emptied by someone else. And you definitely don't want that to happen. Passwords is such a great idea because when you're a teenager, you get this magical thing called a debit card, like Rod was saying, and you get a pin. But you don't want to make your pin like, don't make it your birthday, don't make it the year you were born, don't make it like the year you're graduating from high school. Like, those are all pins you should not use ever. I feel like Christina's password is like, Xtina loves Target! <laughs> exclamation point. Stop telling people my password. But Rod brings up a good point, like password, educating your kids about passwords is a big deal. Yeah, no. And on the note of debit cards, let's now forward that into credit cards. So Rod, what do you think about credit cards and should a teenager have a credit card? The two things that we hit on debit cards and credit cards, they look exactly the same, but they're very different. A debit card is a tool to access your checking account. It's a, essentially a form of cash or using cash. A credit card introduces you to a whole different aspect of personal finance and helps you start to begin to build a credit history. I think for older teenagers, you know, 16, 17 years old, it can be a good idea to have them added as an authorized user to a parent's card so that they can learn about credit and begin to establish a credit history because that credit history is going to be with them as they become adults. And it can be a great tool to help them be more financially successful. It's another tool in a toolbox. But in terms of cards, I think one's enough uh, and maybe an authorized user, which means that your child, your teenager has permission to use the card, but they're not responsible for the for repaying the debt. So you can help them learn to use that credit card responsibly. And you don't necessarily have to give it to them. So you can control access to it. I think that's a great teachable moment. Don't need to go wild with a, with credit. Uh, but also, you know, things like small credit limits. You don't need a huge credit limit to build a good credit history. Four or $500, something like that can be a good way to start. Another possibility that I always suggest is a secured account. 
So if a teenager opens a savings account and has a credit card that's attached to that savings account, they actually can build a credit history and savings at the same time, which can really give them a step up. So it's a good idea if it's managed carefully. Well, Rod, I think that's also a teachable moment because the teenager will be using the credit card, but technically the parent, like if the teenager never pays, like it's a big time where parents and and their kid has to sit down and say like, okay, if you spend money on the credit card and you don't pay me, then it affects your credit score and how that would affect them in the future. I think that's a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, it's hard to get a teenager to think much past Friday. It's hard for me to think much past Friday, but if you could get them to think about their credit and what it means as, as they can become adults and help them have that sort of leg up, it's, it's can be really powerful for them as they get older. I talked to so many people and credit is such a taboo kind of thing. Like I think there's so many grown adults that don't even know how to read a credit score. I just recently have learned how to read a credit score and how to improve my credit. So having those conversations with your teenager now may not stick right away, but it'll start sticking as you talk more about it, I think. That's a credit is always a thing that we, you need to talk about, I think with a teenager that'd be a good idea. So speaking of credit card and then debt, Let's talk about college. So a lot of these teenagers will be going off to college. And by the time they're in their sophomore year of high school, they're already thinking about college and planning and making those plans. Karina, what should teens know about college loans? Yeah, so I think a very important thing to understand is that getting these student loans for these high amounts, whatever it may be, is going to impact their lives for a long time. And just knowing that there's different options, different alternatives to taking out loans, They can apply for scholarships and grants. While schools offer money based on applicants' grades and academic history, it's rare for someone to get a full ride, you know, unless they're at the top of their class, which more power to you if you are. That's amazing. But outside of scholarships and grants, that can bridge the the gap. I think a lot of people forget about the fact that you can apply for grants. And grants is a great thing because a lot of them you don't have to pay back. But there's so many scholarships out there that people don't even apply for. And just the obligatory like reminder to anyone who is doing college planning, you should never pay a fee to apply for a scholarship. A lot of times that's predatory behavior. So the good scholarships you're applying for, there are a lot of good ones out there, mm-hmm. but you should never have to pay a fee upfront to apply for it. No. And always fill out that FAFSA because you never know what free money that you oh, could get. Oh, God. Pay- that thing was the bane of my existence <laughs> for five, well, <laughs> for four exact years that I was in college. <laughs> That's the number four. <laughs> Rod, Kerr, well, Rod, did you get any scholarships to go to college? I got a few, and you know, I wasn't at the very top of my class, wasn't at the bottom, but I had a few. And one of the things that, if your parents are working for a corporation. Sometimes those businesses will offer scholarships or grant programs for their employees' families. So check that out. The FAFSA, I just had a conversation with our neighbor whose son is a junior, and we were talking about the FAFSA. And and Will, you're right. It's the bane of your existence. It's a royal pain, (laughs) but it can be really valuable. So it's worth taking the time to complete. What about you, Karina? Yeah, I actually got a couple scholarships for the most random things, like being Spanish. Like you would never think that you could get a scholarship for your ethnicity and just different things like that. 
So I encourage everyone for sure to look up different ones in your community. I know Addition Financial, we give out scholarships every year. And also I agree with the FAFSA, getting both of my parents to sit down and fill it out with me was the most stressful experience. Oh my God, Karina. And then they like, they get all weird about certain questions. They're like, why are you asking about my income? I'm like, I have to put your income. (laughs) I don't want to know. They want to know, mom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not asking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's change tracks a little bit from going into debt. Let's talk about getting into saving and investing. A lot of parents don't talk to teenagers about things like investing, but Rod, should they be talking about it? Yeah, absolutely. Today, especially there's so much going on in the, in the technology world. Even you hear about Bitcoin and those kinds of things that are now exchangeable as a commodity, even. And, and a lot of younger people are really interested in the technology side of things, Uh, but understanding and thinking about Saving for retirement when you're 17 is almost impossible. But if you're talking to your kids about where you are in life and what you need to do in terms of investing and how to do it safely and how to do it wisely is critical. Understanding the different, how technical we want to get, I think is a question that you'd have to to think about with your kids. Uh, You know, so do you want to talk about exchange traded funds that might be over their head? Maybe not. You know, when I was in high school, I made the one good stock call that I've ever made. And it was when this we were looking at our first home computer with my dad. And there was this thing called an Apple IIe. And this little company that was trading for like $2 a share or something. And I said, we should buy shares in that company. And my dad said, no, we're going to get a TI instead. <laughs> That's the only good stock call I've ever made. I, we, I, my dad would have listened. I probably wouldn't be here because we all would have been rich. But oh, well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Since man. then, I just invest in the 401k and stay in and stay a little at a time. But understanding how those things work and how you can investments and savings compound and compound interest are so critical that if you can start young, you can be much better off as you get older and understanding that's critical. I feel like a whole new generation was introduced to investing just because of this whole GameStop and it being so easy. Like before it was harder to trade, but now you just download the Robinhood app and you can put in some money and you could trade right away. Like I think it's just so much more attainable now. Technology is making it a lot easier. Yes. Investing is definitely important, but so is savings. So Karina, what should we tell our teenagers about saving money? Well, Christina, I think that everyone on this podcast today can agree that saving is super important and crucial, not only for your future, but, you know, even the present. So every single time that I go to high school, to a middle school, I'm talking to UCF, whoever I'm talking to my audience. I always encourage them to begin to save if they haven't already, because creating those habits in their lives is going to help them in the long run into their adult lives. So eventually the point is for saving to become more of a natural thing to do. Um, And I think that's going to just make them feel more secure in their finances as they continue to mature. They continue to have their bigger jobs. You know, they graduate college, things like that. But I know, for example, this whole pandemic and with so much uncertainty, I know that it's opened a lot of eyes to the fact that, yeah, it's super important. I do need to have an emergency savings fund. 
And because we just never know. I know two years ago, no one was thinking about a global pandemic. So we never know what life is going to throw at us. But if we can do our part when it comes to saving our money, at least we can be prepared. So I think if teenagers can understand that, then they have a really, really bright future. Karina, when you're talking to the high schoolers and middle schoolers and even college students, how do you make savings important to them? Like, how do you make savings relevant? Right. So I just kind of talk to them and I say, hey, guys, like, what's your mutual speaking specifically of high school students? I'm like, what's your mutual goal in the next year or two years? And all of them are trying to graduate, obviously. And I'm like, what comes with graduating, either buying a car if you don't have one already, going to college, having that first job? And I'm like, you guys need to learn to save. And and I always try to put it in the perspective of creating short term goals. Um, that way they're more attainable and they feel like they're more reachable versus something six, seven years away, like buying a home or getting married. So I always try to talk to them in that sense. And around that age anyway, they're, they're starting to feel the heat, like, oh man, life is about to start getting serious. But that's the way I try to make it relevant to them because they're about to go into that chapter of their life. All right. So one last question before we take a break. Rod, what about credit reports? What should parents teach their teens about credit reports and credit worthiness? Wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> we, the, we should have started here. Um, so kind of my favorite subject, obviously. And it's a really good question. Adults don't understand what's in their credit report today too often. So understanding as a young person, the fundamentals of credit reporting and credit scoring is another one of those tools in the financial toolbox. And if you understand it starting out, you'll be in a better position as you get older. So understanding how a credit score works and that there are different kinds of scores and what's the difference between a FICO score and a Vantage score? How are those calculated? What's a credit report and how is that different from the credit score? You know, just fundamentals like that are important. You know, the way I always describe it is a credit report is kind of like the paper you do while you're in school. The FICO score or Vantage score, the credit scores that are applied are kind of like the grades that a teacher provides for your paper. So uh, the teacher is kind of like the bank. So if you take care of your credit report, you can have great scores. Just like if you do good work in a school paper, you'll have great grades. But understanding that the fundamental things, you can get credit reports, you should check your credit reports. You can get credit reports once a year as an adult, or if you're a teenager and you have a credit account, you could have a credit report too. So understanding how to check it by going online at annualcreditreport.com is the government site. You can get free credit reports at Experian.com and other places along with scores. Knowing what's in that report, knowing what your credit scores are, is empowering. And it will give you the ability to walk into the lender when you want to buy that first car and say, look, my credit scores are good. I have savings. I know what I'm doing give me my car loan at the best rate you offer if you need it. And that's really where you want to be as an adult. So starting out by explaining that credit is a financial tool, debt is the financial problem, is something that I think is important to share with young people. If you manage credit well, it will help you be far more successful. And that's what we all want is to use the financial tools in your financial toolbox effectively, including credit. I remember my parents 
always talk to us about credit. I mean, I don't remember how early on, I'm sure it was like teen years, but they always talked to us about credit and the importance of credit. And then I had college roommates who didn't have the luxury of their parents talking to them about credit, went to a football game and got a free t-shirt or free duffel bag and then put all of their stuff on this credit card and extended their limit and didn't understand that and was getting collection calls in college like once a day, several times a week. And I just remember being so stressed for them and what a tough lesson that was when you're already not making a lot of money and how that really probably affected them even through like their adult years. So definitely talk to your kids about credit. Yeah, absolutely. My parents had diverging op- opinions about credit. Now, I didn't really learn much. My dad thought credit was a product that was evil, and my mother thought it was a gift from God. And it's, oh. it's really somewhere in between. So <laughs> I found that out the hard way, too, after college when I got my first job. And, and got I got, I don't know how many T-shirts and Frisbees and credit cards when I was in college. So you're absolutely right. And some jobs, I know um, I've gotten jobs where they pull your credit report when you get hired. So after college, when you get your big boy and girl job, that's definitely something that could be a possibility. Yep, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our Making It Count Essentials. Making It Count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want-to needs a little know-how, turn to the Money Smarts experts at Addition Financial. Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at additionfi.com. Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. Welcome back to Making Account. It's time for our rapid fire round. Christina, do you want to start things off? Of course. Ladies first, right? So I have Karina. So my questions are for you. Karina, when should teens know about researching financial options? Well, they should always research, even if they think they know the answer to a question. I know I thought I knew everything when I was a teenager. (laughs) There are tons of opportunities to save money by comparing prices online and understanding where their money is going to. I would add that it's always worth asking for a better deal or a discount when you're talking to someone about a service. The worst thing that will happen is that they'll say no. This is the fun question. So what was the first thing you, you got that credit card in your hand. What was the first thing you bought with that credit card? I would only use it for gas because to be honest, so I didn't really understand exactly <laughs> and talk about exactly how a credit <laughs> card works. But once I got the hang of it, I would use it for other things. Of course, I remember one of my first like three, four ish purchases, I got like this little army jacket from American Eagle on sale for $20. I was so excited. Mm. Uh, but a good rule of, of thumb and something that my parents taught me is that if you can't pay it off immediately, you probably shouldn't be paying for it with your credit card. That is solid advice. Will, did you get that advice growing up? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. My parents were like super conscious about like credit card debt and credit card spending. Like they did not want me to have a credit card. And then I was getting into college and I was like, I think I need to start building credit. And it was actually a good situation. It wasn't one of those like predatory lending, like college credit cards. Like it was a student credit card with a low limit. And they just kind of like, Gave me the basics, but I definitely still did not understand how quickly 
it can build up mm. and how much interest you're like, even if it's not that much, how much interest you're getting charged. I don't think that clicks for somebody when they first get a credit card. Well, especially in your first credit card, the interest rates are so high. Yeah. Or you just see like, you know, that little monthly amount, like, oh, you, got, you know, a couple it's bucks. It's a little bit. But then when you look at it over like five years. That $20 American Eagle army jacket is now like $100. I would never right. buy. No. Oh, oh <laughs> he's throwing shade at you, Karina. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I couldn't afford American Eagle. I was more of an Aeropostale Kmart kind of gal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put it on layaway. <laughs> All right, Rod, it's your turn. So should teens file their own taxes? Yes, absolutely. And with adult supervision, it's important to understand that when you earn money, you have to pay taxes. That's a great lesson. And it also sets you up for things like ensuring you, you know, that your social security deductions are made and that's a savings in, a, in effect toward your future. So understanding that when you get a check, you don't get all the money is really important. And I think filing taxes sets you up to be a more responsible adult as well. I mean, it, it, taxes are not a bad thing. If you're paying taxes, it means you're making money. So I, I always try to keep that positive in mind. Sometimes it's hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and last question, Rod. What was a misconception you had about money when you were a teenager? Yeah, I think the tax question is a good one. I thought all the money was mine when I got my mm. paycheck. Yeah. And it's not. They take away a lot of it. So understanding that when you're earning a paycheck, that you have to pay taxes to the federal government, to the state government, to your school district, uh, and that there are other deductions is eye-opening. And when you first find that out, uh, I think it could be a bit shocking when your check goes from a couple hundred dollars to significantly less than that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, I, I, it did not occur to me until I did taxes for the first time. Actually, when I got my first check and went, where did all the money go? <laughs> That's when it really hit me. That's like a uh, producer, Lauren and I were talking about a meme that came out cause it's tax season. And it was like, I wish the government would just tell me how much I owe them so I can give them that exact amount. <laughs> and then it was like, it said something like add the government and then the government said, no, just take a guess. Just take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> take a guess. And you're wrong. And then you'll get in trouble for being wrong. <laughs> Rod, I think you're totally right. I think that's a great tip. Like when your teenager has their first job and they get that first paycheck before they get direct deposit, cause they should get direct deposit like right away. That's the best thing ever. Sit there and tell them like, explain to them like what's social security? What are the tax? Like, what are they paying for? And I, I think that's a huge lesson to learn right there. Cause I had no idea either. I thought, you know, I was working at Ross making like minimum wage and I thought, sweet. <laughs> And then I get this paycheck and it's like 50 bucks. <laughs> I I do love direct deposit, obviously, now because it is absolutely easier. Is and it best. goes, you know, all over. You can send it. You can split up your paycheck. You can send it to savings, whatever. But there is something incredibly satisfying about cashing a check or depositing a check at a bank. Like on payday, you leave work and you like go to the bank and you throw it in. And then like, I don't know, there was something very satisfying about really? like tearing that little check off and being like, here you go. I love the fact that, again, another teachable moment for your teenagers is like when you get a direct deposit, you get money like the day before. 
a lot of times. Like you get paid on Friday, but sometimes you get paid on Thursday. Direct deposit is the best. When do you get paid on Thursday? Like I've had jobs where you get paid the day before. My husband's job, he gets paid the day before. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't get paid the day before. (laughs) (laughs) We've gone on a a rant about direct deposit. I have some problems. (laughs) She's getting paid the day before. Why am I not? I'm kidding. Well, thank you guys both so much. We really appreciate you coming back. Everything was so useful, and I'm sure that our listeners learned quite a bit. Yes, thank you both. We appreciate it. Karina, where can listeners learn more about the financial literacy courses you offer through Addition Financial? Yeah, so at Addition Financial, we have a ton of online resources available. If you head to our website, www.additionfi.com, and click on the financial education tab. We have everything from courses, calculators, blogs, guides, and we have a ton of topics to offer as well, ranging from all ages, all walks of life. And of course, if you'd like me to speak to your classroom or whatever setting you may be in, we have a lot of great resources from elementary to adult level, but I would be obviously way more than happy to present. We've shifted from in-person to a lot of Zoom presentations, but please feel free to email me if you're interested at krodriguez-penalver at editionify.com. Very long. And it will be somewhere in a description because I know it's a long one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lauren, (laughs) producer Lauren will definitely put that in the show notes, but I would highly encourage anyone to go and check that out. So thank you, Karina. Of course. And Rod, our longtime bestie now. The three-timer. The three-timer. Your sticker is coming in the mail, but how... Can you guys have so many, Experian has so many resources on their YouTube page. Can you tell our listeners how they can learn more about that or or get in touch with you? Sure. Several things. One, if you are a young person or an adult working on building their credit, you might want to check out Experian Boost. It's a free permission-based service that lets you add your cell phone payments, positive information, positive cell phone payments, positive utility payments, positive streaming payments. So uh, watching Hulu and Netflix and HBO Max can actually help you build your credit. For young people in particular, people just starting out, it can be a great tool once they have that existing credit history. And and so give that a look. We see people's scores on average improve somewhere around 13 points for two out of three people. Wow. With thin files, particularly if you're 18 or 19, have one or two accounts, we're actually seeing increases of about 19 points on average. So it can be a great tool. And if you have questions or want to engage with us or need more information about credit reporting and scoring and personal finance, there are several places. You can join us every Wednesday on our credit chat. You can learn more about it at ex.pn slash credit chat. It's a Twitter conversation that's uh, wide open. We talk about all sorts of interesting personal finance subjects and with great experts on different issues. You can join us and watch our credit chat live programs. We interview experts in the financial field again on all sorts of issues. That's at ex.pn slash credit chat live. And we have a, a whole bunch of YouTube videos that answer people's questions and provide information. You can find that at ex.pn slash credit chat live, capital Y, capital T. We're very creative, obviously, with our <laughs> URLs. Uh, but So search credit chat live and experience you'll find us and hope to see you uh, on those events or programs. We'd love to have more conversation. Thank you guys both for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having us. 
All right. Well, you know, it's time for our favorite segment called What What Did Did We We Learn Learn Today? For me, the big takeaway, I think, was just the idea of teaching kids finances in a kind of a modern age. Like you were talking about direct deposit, like kids going into jobs nowadays are never going to experience what I was talking about, like taking a paycheck into the bank and like looking at their little pay stub. They're probably not going to carry cash. They're just Venmoing each other, that sort of thing. So I think it's really interesting because I think the conversation around money and credit becomes very important when you don't have a tangible offering that you're giving someone. You're just swiping a card or tapping or whatever it may be. Yep. That's true. One of my big takeaways was something that Rod brought up about passwords that I never thought about talking to my kids about, which I definitely need to lock up in in my brain once they get older, is importance of passwords, what to use, what not to use, PIN numbers, and things like that. I thought that that was really important. Do your kids know your debit card PIN? No, I never use my debit card, though. Please, I still know my parents' debit card I know, PIN. <laughs> I know my parents' debit card PIN. I'm not I hope lie. they're not listening. They might change it. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of every episode, we like to share some resources with our listeners to help them make it count in the real world. We have two of those today, Christina. The first of which is the high school and college graduation preparation checklist. Say it five times fast. (laughs) It's got some great money tips for teenagers who are preparing to graduate. And then our second resource is one I am super excited about. I know all companies are trying to reach this Gen Z and Edition Financial actually started their own TikTok page. Do you have TikTok, Will? I do. I do too. It's so much fun. I don't post to it. I just I don't either. Scroll I'm a boyer. Endlessly. I, I doom scroll. I, I kind of deep dived into Dr. Pimple Popper the other day. Oh, I, I, okay. So let me take it back. So Edition Financial has a new TikTok page, which is all about financial education. So right now it talks about like what's on your W-2, what's the difference between a credit card and a debit card, how to start a savings account and why should you, all kinds of really fun, short, digestible content. So check it out. It's on TikTok at Edition Financial. So that one's a lot of fun. All right. And that's a wrap for today. We'll see you next time for another episode of Making Making It It Count. Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It Count. Count.